The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hey everybody, and welcome to the Billboard.com Pop Shop Podcast. My name is Jason Lipschutz, and I am an associate editor and the Pop Shop blog editor of Billboard.com. Based in New York, on the other line, in Los Angeles, is the Mark Ronson to my Bruno Mars. Keith Caulfield, how's it going, Keith? Um, um, I'm good. Shoot. I was, gonna, I was like, which like witty, like lyrical pun can I use from Uptown Funk? And I just couldn't think of one fast enough. I feel like I've done the Mark Ronson to my Bruno Mars before, but you know what, man? Just like Mark Ronson and Bruno Mars, we don't stop. We don't stop at the Pop Shop Podcast. We keep going and going and going. We are so hot. Going. We are so hot. Hot damn. Hot damn. Keith, we have, we have a ton to cover today, as we always do. We are going to be talking about, obviously, the Hot 100. We have a new Rihanna single that came out last week that is on the Hot 100 this week. Uh, a bunch of musical phenoms launched a streaming service called Tidal. We'll talk about that. We'll be talking about the Indiana concerts. Uh, is there a storm brewing? Never know. Uh, I'll give a quick One Direction Zane update. And we'll be joined on the Pop Shop Podcast by Natalie LaRose, whose single Somebody, featuring Jeremiah, actually moves into the top 10 of the Hot 100 this week. We had a great chat with her. What, for, what fortuitous timing. What fortuitous timing, indeed. It's, uh, it is actually pretty crazy because we, we had Natalie come in, I think, last week. And at that time, it was early last week, and the song was at number 15. And I was like, hmm, I wonder if it's going to hit the top 10 by the time this airs. Thankfully, it did. It, it is going to. Look at that. Hey, look at that. So, Keith, before we get started on this week's Pop Shop Podcast, quick reminder, if you like the show, subscribe to the Pop Shop Podcast on iTunes so you never miss one episode. Also, uh, we would always appreciate if you give us a rating or review. It helps our stats immensely, thanks to those who have done it in recent weeks. And if you have any questions for us, hit us up on Twitter. He is at Keith underscore Caulfield. I am at Jason Lipschutz. Keith, are you ready to rock and roll, man? Si, senor. All right, Uptown Funk, Hot 100's number one song. Now, it, the longest-running number one, get this, not of not of the year, of the decade, man. 13 weeks at number one consecutively, I, I might add, and it now breaks the tie that it previously held with Blurred Lines. It's... It's unbelievable, man. Happy Happy Uptown Funk Day, I guess, is uh, is is what this is. Yeah, it's 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 this is the thirteenth week at number one for Uptown Funk, and as as Jason just said, is the longest running number one single of the decade, which started, of course, in two thousand ten. So we're only you know halfway through the decade. There could be many more songs, probably unlikely, that will have more than thirteen weeks at number one, <laughs> because. In the history of the Billboard Hot 100 chart, which started in August of 1958, there have only been a whopping 10 songs to spend at least 13 weeks at number one. Um, so that's kind of crazy. Um, I'm just counting to make sure I didn't get that number wrong, because God help me if I got a number wrong. No, I think it is. I think it is 10, actually. 
I counted yesterday. Yep. Uh, this would be the 10th uh, song to spend uh, 13 weeks at number one. And, wh- yep. and what's crazy is that it doesn't seem to be slowing down at all, right? Not really. I mean, it, it actually slowed down a little bit this week, but that was uh, because of sort of a chart anomaly. Because last week it actually had a, a big gain in streams. I think there was a viral video that helped it. So this week it actually has um, a, a like a fairly decent decline um, in points and overall points, again, because this chart yeah. blends airplay data, sales data, and streaming data. You always say, yeah, yeah. Mike, you know the people listening at home may not know how the Hot 100 is made. I so I'm just I saying. I, I didn't think that was worthy of an made. outburst. You blend airplay, streams, and sales data, and that's how you get the Hot 100 each week. And Uptown Funk is still like... A, like a very very healthy distance away from the number two song, which is Maroon Five Sugar. Um, I mean, it could still be a, a few more weeks before Uptown Funk falls out of number one. And it, it, it's worth noting it now that it's the number one Hot 100 longest running number one song of this decade, which is pretty amazing in its own right. Now we kind of shift to could it tie or break the all time record? of 16 weeks at number one again that's all time record since hot one since the hot 100 um started in 1958 i believe i i mean it, it what do you think keith do you think it has a shot well the as you said the all-time record is 16 weeks and that is held by mariah carey and boys to men's one sweet day uh which came out in 1995 it's 16 weeks at number one um well you know anything is possible uh I, would we have expected Uptown Funk to have been number one for this many weeks back when it first hit number one? Probably not. Yeah. Um, and, you know, a lot of this has to do with, you know, the release schedule and what comes out. And, and you know, if if something drops out of the sky that becomes like a massive hit, like if there's some enormous superstar that, you know, if Adele suddenly drops a single next week, I think then Uptown Funk might be done at number one. Yeah, but who knows? I mean, you know, at this point a week ago, we didn't know that there was a new Rihanna single yet. That's very true. Yeah, when we were doing the podcast on Wednesday, I know. so and then all of a sudden Rihanna drops a single. <laughs> um, under normal circumstances, Rihanna would be a challenge for number one. So really, we don't know. That's the beauty of the Hot 100 and the beauty of the charts. We just don't know what will happen from week to week until we actually get the chart. It's very true. Let's let's actually skip over to Rihanna's new single. It is called "Bitch Better Have My Money." Uh, probably known on Top 40 Radio as Better Have My Money. Without the, uh... Is it Better Have My Money or is it Bit Better Have My Money? I, I think I thought, I I've heard bit. I heard an edited version, and I don't know the t- the title of the edited version, but the, the edited version just completely blocked out the B word. Oh. Anyway, it debuts at number 23 on this week's Hot 100. And you would think, like you said, Keith, you would think that you know, new Rihanna single. It's more up tempo than four or five seconds. Maybe this this is the song that's gonna plow its way to number one. But it's it's a little bit of an offbeat song. It's it's kind of more like a like a trap song, like Pour It Up was on on her last album. I mean, yeah. she, she performed it at the iHeartRadio Music Awards. Uh, she's going to be presumably performing it at the Final Four concert series this weekend. So there are some media looks. But I don't know, man. Do you do you sound? Does this sound like a number one hit to you? I, I don't. I don't know if it does to me. Um, it's it's certainly different. Um, yeah. It's 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 a hard, it's a hard edged song. I mean, it's I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I think 
I think she's had, though, sort of a track record for releasing songs that are sometimes challenging to what is considered uh, typical fare, top 40 radio, uh, because yeah. she can do a lot of different genres of music. She can do R&B, she can do dance, she can do kind of hip-hop stuff, she can do top 40. She's all over the place. And certainly this year, um, you know, with four or five seconds, which was a very different look for her, Yep. Um, and then, of course, uh, Bitch Better Have My Money is also a very, you know, kind of a 180 compared to four or five seconds. So, you know, I think she's trying to um, just, you know, challenge the conventional idea of what a Rihanna recording artist is supposed to sound like. And I think it could be one of those songs where the initial reaction is, whoa and then the reaction becomes oh cool yeah bitch better have my money and then it becomes like a thing it becomes like a meme you know yeah so i totally I don't agree. know i think it's too early to tell i think it's too early to tell yeah no i totally agree it's it's definitely has been a strange start to this album campaign you have to assume that both four or five seconds and bitch better have my money are going to eventually lead to a new rihanna album but at the same time a couple years ago i remember when diamonds was the the first single to unapologetic and a lot of people were expecting because the first, the lead singles to the albums prior to unapologetic were you know we found love and, and only, only girl, girl in the, the world, world. like and big club banger songs exactly and, and people yeah. heard diamond and it, it was like uh you know Ooh. like kind of like a mid-tempo ballad i don't i don't know but uh, again that song why is she singing started? so weird she sings so affected like <laughs> oh wait oh my god sia wrote it oh exactly. and then there we go so yeah, diamonds, and then it ended up spending three weeks at number one on the Hot 100 chart. So, yeah, who knows? Who knows, indeed. Rihanna, obviously a pop culture force. We will keep an eye on that song in the coming weeks. So, Keith, I love how every week my answer is just like, "Who knows? Anything can change. <laughs> who knows?" We're like, <laughs> I know we should make we we should start a new segment called like bold predictions. Bold predictions. Uh, Rihanna may or may not go top ten. Who oh knows? yeah! Stay tuned. Non-bold predictions. It's like a with the pop show podcast. Bold predictions with Jason and Keith. <laughs> this week we determine if Rihanna will have a top forty hit. Yeah, I mean that's basically that's basically what like sportscasters do because they they basically are like, I think this guy's gonna win, you know, the Super Bowl in like the next five years and then they're never held accountable so like, like let's just make yeah, well, shit up it, man it, it's it's like it I, 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 I it's kind of soothing when you watch like espn like commentators like well you know we had really an off week last week so who knows what he's gonna do next week anything's possible i don't know you know with the way the weather is these days what what i mean <laughs> this is just me pulling crap out of the air as well but it's like, well, you know, it could go one direction, but it could also go the other direction. Well, thanks. <laughs> we'll I mean, go. Next we'll time get, I need one hey, of those we'll, expert like forecasts, <laughs> I'll call you. We'll get to one direction, by the way, and and the other direction, which is right. Zane. Uh, before we do that, Keith, let's go back to the Hot 100 chart. And this is a segment we like to do on the Pop Shop Podcast, looking at songs that are creeping up the chart. They're not in the top 20 yet. They're not necessarily close to the top 20 yet, but we think that they could be soon enough this is soon to be hits all right man we got two good ones this week i'm gonna start with budapest by george ezra it moves up 14 spots on this week's hot 100 to number 48 it was number 62 this is a song that has been slowly growing on the chart i've been keeping an eye on it 21-year-old British singer-songwriter. I didn't know before today that he that George Ezra was 21 years old. He, lo- he looks older 
and 21, but he, you know, he's just, you know, just only 21. And just, a, just a young little thing. Just a young little thing. And the, and the interesting thing about George Ezra is that just like um, Hosier last year, he w- performed on Saturday Night Live last week uh, at a point where not a lot of people necessarily knew who George Ezra was. It, it was not a, a huge booking. It was a huge booking for him, but it, it was um, it was kind of a, an unexpected booking for SNL. However... You know, just like Hosier with Take Me to Church, that song became a top five hit, a smash hit, a song of the year nominee at the Grammys. Got to keep an eye on Budapest. Song is super catchy. And George Ezra making a name for himself very quickly. Number 48 this week could be in the top 40 before you know it. All right, Keith, dun, what dun, else dun. What else we got, man? Um, so my contribution this week to uh, the segment is a song called The Business of Emotion by Big Data. Now, you may not know this song. It's actually fairly likely you don't know this song. Because um, it's actually kind of a small hit right now. It's actually number 35 on the Alternative Songs chart. But it is the follow-up to Big Data's number one hit, Dangerous, uh, which hit number one last August on the chart. Um, th- this song, it's, it's hard to describe. Uh, it, it has this really killer chorus. It has kind of this retro kind of big sound to it where it's kind of like this retro future thing um if you if you were familiar with the dangerous song then you'll probably like this new track which is actually a little bit more up tempo um the guest vocalist on it is white c i believe she's a female vocalist yes i love white c oh well hey there you go um well then you might really like this song jason i didn't know no i've heard this song i didn't know it was her though white c is she put out an amazing solo album last year after working with m83 uh she worked with m83 on uh his past two albums and then she finally put a a solo album out it's really really great oh well well then there you go even more reason for you to check out this song it's called the business of emotion it's by big data it's number 35 on the alternative songs chart this week um and you can also find it on big data's uh first full-length album i believe is the first full-length album it's called 2.0 it came out last week uh, in stores and online and it makes its debut on some of our charts this week as well very cool man all right those were two good ones for soon to be hits okay man we gotta get to this title stuff uh, title a new streaming service launched on monday uh, with a press conference featuring a ton of huge music superstars including jay-z beyonce kanye west Nicki minaj daft punk jack white jason aldean alicia keys madonna and many more keith did you watch the press conference live i did how could you not it was it was destination viewing man it was it was such a weird thing it it, it just like we were all expecting some sort of new album to be announced yes. or some you know and, and instead we got a lot of people signing like a declaration of title pendants uh madonna put her leg on a on a desk which is cool um the national anthem by Radiohead was playing during this whole thing, which was weird. I, I was don't just, think anyone the, the entire time. And for what people, you know, for, for those of you who don't know what Title is, Title is a new streaming service that Jay Z and his partners, all these other celebrities that Jason just mentioned, are all equity partners. They all have the same amount of of uh, shares, I suppose, in this company. Yeah, uh, Jay Z purchased. A streaming company, I guess it was like a month ago for something like fifty million dollars, and yeah, I think that, it was fifty six million, yeah, and and that is now the new title, um, and it is a streaming service that does has no free uh, membership level to it. You have to pay uh, 
period and to to uh, have access to it. And they're promising lots of curated content and and um, exclusive content and so forth. But everyone was kind of assuming that the launch of this service, because it's coming from Jay Z and um, a lot of his uh, partners are some of the biggest recording artists in the world. Well, they all are. Yeah. I think everyone thought there was going to be like a surprise Kanye West album, a surprise Jay-Z album, like, you know, like, like to really drive home the point of like, we are the artists, we are steering the ship and look, you can only get our new album here. And that's not what happened. And it's funny because you, you think about a lot of the criticism that's been lobbed toward title over the past few days. The fact that, you know, it, it costs markedly more than something like Spotify. The catalog is not all there yet. I mean, we were playing around with it in the office and just a band like Vampire Weekend. I think their their most recent album was on title, but not their first two albums, which was weird. Um, and, and especially the lack of specific data um, attached to title. I mean, it, it's billed as more artist friendly. We don't really have the numbers on how it's more artist friendly now. Um, Except that but, they're going to get more money, probably. I mean, yeah, but we but we don't even know like how much more, or, you know, in, in terms of facts and figures, which is super important to something like that. We don't know how much more they're going to get at this moment. But the thing is that I feel like a lot of those, you know, and, and especially because the press conference was so weird when everyone signed the thing and just kind of stood around and figured it out. I, I think Dead Mouse even tweeted that it was awkward. Uh, I, I think that a lot of those kind of like poking fun at title and, you know, criticizing Jeez, its its setup, that's all wiped out if there's a new Jay-Z Beyonce album on title. Because yeah. no matter what you think, you're signing up for title to hear a Jay-Z Beyonce album or a Kanye album or a Rihanna album. It's It's strange that for something that was obviously so packed with star power that no one really thought hey we want to launch this with a new album at this moment um it, it's and maybe that's coming maybe that's coming in the it wouldn't surprise me if that was coming actually in the next week or two just a, a new album falls out of the sky and, it, and it's on title exclusively so right. it, it's interesting keith i in terms of billboard what what is uh what is title's impact on our charts well um let me give you the uh, correctly phrased wording. Um, we are having discussions, as we do, with all new streaming services. Ta-da. Okay. Um, I like yeah, that. I, I, have, I have no other uh, publicly releasable information at this point. But whenever there is a new development in how people consume music, we are always in discussions with said companies to obtain their data for use in our charts. And uh, title is no exception. Um, I was going to add something that was kind of interesting. Uh, Pop sure. Justice pointed out something regarding the artist Mint Royale. Uh, did you see this? Uh, I did not see this, no. Okay. So Mint Royale, who is a, a, a performing artist, uh, tweeted a number of tweets regarding uh, title and Spotify uh, the other day. And I'll just quickly uh, read them. They said, last bit of title stuff, but I have some facts about how much it pays labels. And I hate to admit it, but it's in their favor. I looked the other day for title data in my royalties and couldn't find anything. But then I remembered the company was originally called Aspiro. Aspiro is the name of the company that Jay-Z purchased. Yeah. Um, Aspiro data is on the statements that Mint Royale gets. And they say, so in January, across U.S. and U.K. Aspiro streams, they paid an average of one 
uh, 0.55 pence per stream. So like one pound, 55 pence per stream. That isn't exactly a dollar because we're talking British pounds. Um, the yeah. equivalent period for Spotify gives per stream an average of 0.43 pence per stream. So uh, 1.55 versus 0.43 for Spotify. So Espiro, now Tidal, have been paying more than three times the Spotify rate to labels. And they say, make of that what you will as a measure of how low Tidal are starting from Spotify totaled uh, 58,212 streams for this particular artist uh, in that month. Espiro was only 141. So there's just one anecdote from a verified artist, yeah. you know, who says that Title at least right now, as Espiro, was paying more uh, to their artists. Yeah. Yeah, and it, that is an interesting story. And I feel like we're going to get more of those stories in the coming weeks as Title kind of establishes itself. We're going to hear. And, and it makes sense, certainly, if the only level of membership there is to title is paid, then yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, paid earns you more than nothing free. <laughs> and the thing is, I, I think that for all the shots that have been fired at, at title in, in terms of how clumsy its launch may or may not have been, it is heartening to see a new streaming service that is bent upon paying artists and songwriters what they deserve to be paid. I mean, that that's just common sense that they, you know, no, no matter what we think of Spotify or RDO or other streaming services, I mean, it's a problem when such a large faction of the artistic community is complaining about royalties and what they bring in for from having their songs on Spotify. And, it, you know, it's an interesting conversation. I hope that title pans out I, I mean it's it's always good to have more options instead of fewer options but i just i don't know if you know this is i, I don't know if it's on it's it's off to the right start it's a, it's off on the right foot that's and and that's so important too you don't want to have the public kind of make this snap judgment of like oh 1999 a month oh like this weird press conference not the whole catalogs on title why do i even bother paying 20 bucks for this so it, it it'll be interesting. I, I think I think I think a lot of this is going to depend on the faith and business acumen, uh, the faith that the, the fans of these artists generate, and the business yeah. acumen that these artists have. And when you have someone like Jay Z who has built businesses and built Rock Nation along with his partners in those companies. You have an artist like Beyonce who's so trailblazing, who changed the game with her self-titled album. You have someone like Madonna or Daft Punk or Jason Aldean. All of them have forged incredible, um, unique careers that have really, you know, bucked trends or changed how uh, yeah. the business is done and how they've, you know, made money and also at the same time have had an incredible amount of artistry that people believe in. And I think that was really important to show that range of artists all on one stage together where if you could actually lure out Daft Punk who don't show up to stuff if you got Daft Punk to show up in you know costume you know with their helmets on and to stand next to Jason Aldean and also to film a number of commercials and and videos and teasers with all these different artists they're not in this just for like the short term bang at all I don't think I think this is like a very long term prospect and I think that they all sincerely believe in it I totally agree with you, man. And, and yeah, I mean, first of all, two things before we move on from title. We could talk about uh, this all day, unfortunately, but we can't. I know. <laughs> I know. Um, I, I'm curious as to see what you guys think, uh, the listeners, uh, what you we, you know, we've been talking to people all week about title. 
what you guys think, send us a tweet uh, right in the comment section on Billboard.com Pop Shop Podcast post. We are curious as well. And also check out on Billboard.com uh, our uh, our esteemed editor, Tony Gervino, actually talked to Jay-Z earlier, this, uh, actually really last week, I thought. about title. And it's a, a long Q&A. It's really interesting. Check that out on Billboard.com. We will link to that in the podcast post as well. Keith, let's move on to something very quickly that I wanted to touch upon because this is a fascinating story to me. This whole kerfuffle in Indiana and how it's going to affect the touring industry of Indiana. I'm I'm referring, of course, to the Religious Freedom Restoration Act, which was signed into law, I believe, last week by Governor Mike Pence. It's earned a ton of controversy, basically, by being equated with allowing business owners to discriminate uh, against you know, minor- minorities and, and LGBT customers in, in the name of religious freedom. And because of that, because this law is so controversial and, and a lot of people are, uh, uh, you know, equating it with hate, hate law, artists are starting to cancel what's going on in, in Indiana. Wilco was the first major act to cancel the show because of the Religious Freedom Restoration Act. And the big thing going on this weekend is the Final Four, which is, takes place in Indianapolis, Indiana. Now, I've been watching a lot of college basketball, Keith. I know you have as well. We know that the Final Four is a huge deal. And this Final Four concert series is coming up with performances by Rihanna, Imagine Dragons, Zach Brown Band, Bleachers, Passion Pit, Cole Swindell, many more. And I'm curious, man. I, I, don't, I really don't know what's going to happen because this is such like a red hot issue and it's been all over CNN and it'll be curious as to see, you know, if these artists either comment on it or cancel their shows or, or what's going on. I mean, are maybe, maybe I'm like overly interested in this, but what do you think? I, I think, uh, I think it gives an incredible opportunity for any of these artists to make a statement. Um, certainly some of these artists are more politically outspoken than others. Uh, That's true. Jack Antonoff, Bleacher's, I think is probably fairly uh, outspoken when it comes to um, taking a stand um, on social issues. Um, and Rihanna, I think, has, as in her own way, uh, done the same. Uh, I think Imagine Dragons probably have too. So I think it'll be yeah. interesting to see what happens between now and the end of the week. Um, if anything changes in terms of legislation, if any movement has been made, if things seem to be moving towards a, uh, they keep talking about clarity. Uh, in the law, or if, if the law just gets repealed, or I mean, I don't even know what the status of it is right now because everything we say could also change in 24 hours by the time this posts. Um, yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, a lot of artists are taking stands. You know, there there is a uh, what's it called? Uh, there's a growing uh, boycott. Um, there's a Asthmatic Kitty and SC Distribution and Secretly Canadian uh, have all banded yeah, together along with a, a lot of other people. Um, Miley Cyrus has talked about it. Um, you know, so I, on the one hand, you have this incredible uh, amount of exposure that you can get as a recording artist where you perform on a widely seen television event um, yep. like the Final Four. On the other hand, you have your conscious saying, should I really be going here? Uh, and Should I be doing this? And I think a lot of artists have to wrestle with that. And if they can find a way to go and have their cake and eat it too, where they can perform Rihanna can say, bitch, better have my money. And at the same time, Indiana, get your shit together. Um, then, yeah, maybe they'll just do that. 
I just think it's an interesting thing that we're going to see develop over the next couple of days because this is coming up. I believe that the first shows are kicking off on Friday, April 3rd. And I think it's going to be a, a case where if one big name on this this lineup cancels, uh, say Rihanna pulls out from the Final Four performance, it's going to have a domino effect where all the other artists are going to look around. And you're right, maybe some of them do stay in and, and say, you know, I committed to this. But some are going to say, you know what, this this law is ridiculous and we don't agree with it and we're not going to Indiana. I mean, that's what Wilco just did. They just, you know, they just had all their uh, tickets, uh, their fans tickets refunded for a show. And it'll, uh, it'll be interesting. I mean, this is more like a, we don't have any kind of news to report because we're still trying to figure out what's going on as well, but it's definitely something to keep an eye on. So Keith also worth keeping an eye on Monday night, man. I, I mean, Zane is is already dropping solo songs. It, it wasn't even him that dropped it. Zane, of course, uh, formerly of One Direction, left One Direction last week. He had a new solo demo posted online by the UK producer Naughty Boy, who had oh, been that spotted. naughty naughty boy. That not I know what an apt name at this point. So he had a song posted online. It's called I Won't Mind, and it, it's it. I, I joke that it was like it sounds like Mumford and Zane's on Twitter, but I, I think that this is a totally different direction for him. <laughs> also, no pun intended for that. Um, oh, all the puns it's are, pretty good. All the puns are tended. <laughs> Song's pretty good, man. Uh, wh- yeah. What do you think of I no, Won't I Mind? Like, I, I liked it. Um, it uh, he has a nice voice, as we know. Uh, it has, it has, it's pleasant. I like it. It hit number one, I think, on our trending uh, 140, 140 real time yeah. bil- Billboard Twitter trending 140 chart. I'm yeah. curious to know if this was shared because Zane wanted it shared, or if Naughty Boy spoke out of turn and shared this when he really shouldn't have. Has yeah. anyone said? Has, any, has Naughty Boy? Well, Zane has. Zane hasn't said anything except for that one. Um, that one interview he did last week but he hasn't said anything about this song it's it's interesting because one direction fans are pretty pissed at naughty boy they've kind of and especially could because lewis tomlinson louis Tom, sorry i always louis. say lewis louis tomlinson it is louis right <laughs> it is louis okay. it is louis i read i i have the word lewis in front of me but i so i say lewis but it is louis louis tomlinson uh tweeted at Naughty Boy saying that, you know, it was inconsiderate what he was doing. He is almost like he was bragging that he got to work with Zane on new music. So, well, I mean, who knows, wh- man? What, what what the hell? Why is it any of Louis's business? Not really sure. I don't, that's the whole thing. And, you know, directioners out there hit us up as well. We want to hear what you guys think, but I don't really understand what the big deal is. I guess it was just the way that Naughty Boy was was treating this at po- basically posting a Zane solo demo, you know, presumably not totally with Zane's liking we don't know. with his permission. But we yeah, that's no the idea. thing. That's the thing. That's the speculation. We don't know what's going on um, in, in terms of what Zane wanted out there, what One Direction fans want from Zane's solo project. If they don't want his solo project at all, if they're still holding out hope that he rejoins One Direction, I think there's it's a, just weird. There's a couple narratives here. I think one narrative is what they want you to believe, 
um, Zane just wants to have a normal life, and he's had a really crazy life the past five years, so he's going to go be a normal young 20-something on his own and take some time off, period. Yeah. Or the other narrative, Zane wants to go and have a solo career, and he wanted to leave One Direction, and th- things are not going well, and so they found a nice publicly amicable way to split off, and he was going to go a separate way. Uh, and now the wrench that has been thrown into it is now that Zane has perhaps completed his contractual duties to One Direction, he's like, all right, I don't need to toe the line anymore. I can do whatever I want. Naughty boy, go ahead and put that track out. That's the thing. You know, I don't know. And I mean, if Naughty Boy wasn't following the script and he released that and he shouldn't have, um, you know, then that's a problem. But he's taken the heat now for something that he, you would think if you were a smart producer, you would not have released that because then you have the fear that maybe the track doesn't ultimately come out commercially and you're not going to be on his album and, and, and like, so why would you do that? Like, why would you, why would you sacrifice your relationship with Zane and your reputation? Like, I don't think you would unless he was part of it. Well, that's the thing is that maybe Naughty Boy, I mean, Naughty Boy is having a good week despite all the direction or hate, hatred that he's getting toward him. He's, you know, he's a hot name right now and he's getting, I mean, he has a top 20 hit with La 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 with Sam Smith. His song or his album has a ton of guest stars and now he is kind of making his profile more well known by associating with Zayn on his first solo outing. Um, yeah, yeah, there we go. That's your weekly 1D post Zane update. We're all living in a post Zane world. So, Keith, we got to get to this interview with Natalie LaRose. Her song, Somebody, featuring Jeremiah, as we said at the top of the show, moves into the top 10 of the Hot 100 this week. Uh, just quietly groaned and grown and is now a top 10 hit for the singer who had talked about her first album being discovered by Flowrider, that, that that's a really funny story, and working with Jeremiah and much more. Here is Natalie LaRose on the Pop Shop Podcast. Natalie LaRose, thank you so much for stopping by the Billboard Pop thank Shop you. Podcast. Thanks for having me. Somebody is in the top 20 of the Hot 100. It's been rising every week. Yeah. Have you been watching this song rise? Like, have you been like looking at Billboard.com and uh, on the Hot 100? Like, oh, I wonder where it is this week. (laughs) Actually, I have. Okay. And and it's funny because I get tweets all the time. There's websites and there's actually people that are following it closely. So I get updates a lot too. They're like, whoa, Natalie, (laughs) this is crazy. (laughs) You're climbing. And, um, And my dad, my dad is on it. And um, he knows stuff that I don't even know that's online about me. So he's like my private investigator, and he he finds out everything you can find about me on the internet. Is he like? Is it, he's the guy that reads the comments like that. That's what actually my dad he does. does. He, he does. Yeah, he does. And some comments are pretty crazy. So I'm like, <laughs> Dad, why are you reading that? <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, he reads everything really. Okay. Yeah. What What about your friends? Have they been all about like? texting you and blowing you up and just like oh my god i heard i heard the song on the radio um yeah my friends um are basically all at home in amsterdam mm-hmm. um they've been sending me videos when a song comes on in the car on the radio and they just lip sync to it and they send it to me <laughs> which is really cute um but they're definitely so proud so where I'm, I'm so curious because this song sort of it's your debut single yes it's with jeremiah who's obviously a huge name yeah 
Where did this song come from? Like in in terms of the writing, in terms of the production, in terms of getting Jeremiah on the song, I'm curious. Um, well, I had this beat which I thought was really really great, um, and I said I told the flow flow right. I'm signed to his mm-hmm. label IMG. I said flow. This beat is so dope. I think we should write to it. Mm-hmm. So we came together uh, with another writer called Rook Monroe. We started writing the song. We didn't have the hook yet. We didn't have a catchy, catchy hook yet. And we okay. were like, how can we make this really fun for people and for, for people to relate to and everything? And it took us a couple of hours, really, before we came up with, I want to rock with somebody. But when it came out, we were like, yes, this is it. This should be it. So I recorded the full song. It was just me at first. And we were like, it needs some extra flavor to it. Like, you know, a twist. So we were like, okay, we need a, a male vocal on it. And immediately almost we thought of Jeremiah because he has his huge hit. Um, that's like, it's been out for a while, yeah, don't, don't tell, tell him, him but yeah. it's still like everywhere. You hear it all the time. I haven't got tired of it yet. And um, he has this great voice that is just made for radio. So yeah. we were like, we need you. Uh, do you like this song? We played it for him. He was at our studio actually. And he said, yeah, it's dope. And he went in the studio in the booth. He did it like that. And he sounded great. So we were like, now the song is complete. Wow. Yeah. So was was there ever any consideration for Flo to actually jump on the song himself? Um, well, we actually did that. On, we, we didn't do it on purpose. Okay. Because we wanted me to come out as my own artist. I see. And not okay. like necessarily supported by Flo. Yeah. Um, which I think was, was a cool idea. But he did get a little cameo in the music video for oh, like two yes, seconds. Yes. Okay, all right. That's that's his that's his shout out. Yeah. So I read that you a couple years ago. This is, it was like 2011. You were at the ESPYS ESPY oh, uh, Awards. Yeah. And you go up the to after Flo, party. The after party. Okay, so it was the after party. And you go up to him and you're like, go up to Flo Rida and you're like, one day I'm gonna work with you. So is that is that what happened? Pretty much. Okay. So <laughs> yes. like, what made you do that? Well, um, as you know, I came all the way from Amsterdam, yeah. you know, uh, on my own to make it here out in the States and to live my dreams. And basically it, it was pretty tough, you know, getting a foot into the music industry. Also with dancing, I was dancing and singing. So every day I was like, okay, I need to be focused. I'm on a mission. Yeah. And that day I was on a flow ride, a mission. <laughs> I heard he was in town. He was performing. So I told myself, I just need to go up to him, up to him. Take my chance. It could be a great opportunity. And it really turned out to be a great, yeah. great opportunity. That's amazing. Yeah. I, I, so what what did he say when you're like, I'm going to I'm gonna work with you one day? Well, actually, I had a, I had an opening line. I um, Years before I met him, actually a year before I met him, I was a dancer in his video. Oh, no way. But it, it wasn't his video. He was featuring on it. Okay. But we never shot the video together. He did his part in Miami, and I did mine in L.A. So I was like you don't know me but we did a music video together (laughs) and he was like what are you talking about and i said it's this song and he was like oh was that you and i was like yes and i and i sing too so i think we should work together so i broke the ice a little bit and that made him say like okay well come by the studio tomorrow we're working on a new song called wild ones Mm -hmm. they were working on the bridge and he was like maybe you can help us play your music so that's exactly what i did I showed him some dance videos. He loved it. And before I know it, I went on tour with him as his um, female lead vocalist. 
That's amazing. Yes. What kind of advice has he given you? Because he, he's a he's the kind of artist, remember when Low came out, people were like, who is Flo Rida? And then he's just accrued this, you know, mountain of hits since then. What what kind of what kind of knowledge has he imparted to you? Well, he's definitely given me the chance to view the world a little bit through his eyes, being on tour with him and experience what the life is of a superstar really. It's so busy, it's crazy. Yeah. And um I got to experience that and even with all these hits that he has already, he'll go in the studio and stay there for day and night to finish a song, to write a new song. And I really, really admire that. He doesn't get lazy. He's super on point. He works out. Um, he's focused. And he how, tells me. How, I'm sorry to interrupt. How much does he work out? Because like <laughs> I'm like, you know, I see that dude and I'm like, oh, my goodness. How many hours does he spend at the gym? Yeah, he um, he I think he does it every day. Yeah, I'm Sometimes sure. Sometimes we work out together. Oh, my. I feel like that must be so intimidating. Well, he actually doesn't like working out with me because um, I'm pretty fit as a dancer. Okay. And he doesn't want to be like uh, he doesn't want me to overshadow him with, <laughs> with working out <laughs> i guess so, i see but um he called me the other day he was like uh ned i ran five miles just so you know like i'm, I'm on point <laughs> so he's challenging me like oh he's, i did this <laughs> he's he's trying to get you on his level yes. and you know reach your level as well that's so funny it's crazy so this song somebody like i said it's 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 slowly but surely climbed up our hot 100 chart i mean obviously you knew that the song was powerful it it had that hook did you ever foresee something like this happening where it's you you know like what kind of expectations did you have for your debut single um i always you know i was hoping it would be a huge success but i i wasn't really thinking about what billboard position would it be in or like I wasn't even there yet with my mind and for it to happen right now is just like it's crazy. It's yeah. crazy to see that it's just climbing on this chart. It's number 1 on rhythmic. It's 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 going here, it's going there. I'm getting to know charts that I never knew about. <laughs> <laughs> and um I think it's amazing. That's so cool. Have you have you talked to Jeremiah since the song started blowing up? Yes, um I talk to him every now and then and I'm like, you know, I'm telling him congratulations to you too because, you know, we did it together and he's like you know i'm super proud and i was happy to be a part of the project too what um i wanted to backtrack in terms of leaving amsterdam heading over to the u.s what was the impetus for that what made you say i want to make it here well i i always had this idea when i was like about 10 years old i was watching music videos that inspired me by michael jackson janet jackson destiny's child and i was like well, I just need to be be there where that happens. Yeah. And I knew that was in the United States. So actually at that age, I told my parents, mom and dad, when I graduate school, I'm out of here. I'm going to the States and I'm going to make my dreams come true. And they were like, well, all right, <laughs> you do what you got to do. They Vicky, didn't really think it back then. Yeah. But um, when it actually happened, I think my mom freaked out. I didn't know about it until a year later. She was like, I didn't want to tell you, but I was scared to death for you going there alone. Yeah. But she didn't want to freak me out. So she was just like, she told me afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, that's so funny. I I mean, (laughs) the song has taken off. Um, You're with Republic Records now. I'm sure you, you have, how many more songs do you have kind of in the, in the vault right now? We have been recording a lot of songs. I already had a bunch of songs. Um, 
we were recently in LA recording a bunch of new songs. What I, I'm very excited about those songs. Yeah. Um, we still have to make a pick for the EP. It's gonna come out real soon. Um, but we're going for the best. <laughs> okay. And any more kind of collaborations? And uh, I'm curious because probably. Okay. Okay. <laughs> still, still narrowing it down. I'm yes, sure. Yes. 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 What kind of sound are you aiming for? I mean, you you name checked some of your your influences what what do you want what kind of artist do you want to be in terms of just the sound you capture i want to entertain so i want to be able to have songs that are very rhythmic i'm a dancer mm-hmm. i love rhythm and i want to be able to build a great performance around my songs so i want to basically make performance songs okay yeah. i like that yeah, I mean that's it's something that Flo Rida does so well as well. Yes, yeah, you can get the crowd jumping. <laughs> like I've seen it, people get crazy. And I'm sure you've seen that and said, "I want that for myself." Absolutely, yeah. In in terms of like a timeline, like what what can we expect from you for the next like three months, six months? Like I, obviously you're going to be promoting somebody a ton. Yeah. But is there hopefully going to be some new music in that time period? At the time period, definitely. Um, probably in a couple months, the EP will be out. Um, so I hope I will be will be performing all over the country, maybe even outside the country. We're going on a promo tour in Europe next month. Nice. Going home is going to be the first time I'm going to go home since Aww. the song is out. So that's that's gonna be. It's like, gonna be like the victory lap, basically. <laughs> like, you're gonna be like, you're gonna get off the plane like with your with your fists <laughs> raised, like I did it. Right, that's gonna be so crazy, and um, so yeah, definitely just performing, releasing new music. Um, what more? <laughs> what uh, What do you expect that homecoming to be like? I mean, I, I can imagine it being a little emotional just because so much has happened in the past few months. Yeah. Um, I just hope that I get the chance to do everything that I want to do. There's a lot of um, radio and talk shows that have been um, requesting me. They all want to be the first one. Yes, Um, yes. So I just hope I can get everybody, give everybody the chance to, you know. Entertain. Yeah. (laughs) There you go. Yeah. Well, Natalie, this has been so awesome, and, and congrats again Thank on, you. Uh, on somebody. We'll be watching it closely on uh, on our charts, but it's, it's already done so well, and yeah. can't wait to hear more. Thank you so much. Very cool. Thanks again to Natalie for stopping by the Pop Shop Podcast. Somebody is uh, is such a fun spring song. It's really a really great dance song, and um, yeah, I, I mean, it's been it's been very cool watching this song grow uh, over the past months. I, I guess. I, 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 Keith, I guess you don't know how many weeks it's been on on the Hot 100 chart. I feel like it's been there forever. Um, I'll tell you in a second. Um, I've just okay. been reading Naughty Boy's tweets. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, man! Oh man! Those not he is really he really is a naughty boy. Like he's living up to the name. Uh, Natalie's <laughs> uh, song has been on the chart for uh, ten weeks now. Yeah, so it's it's been there for two and a half months now in the top ten. Keith, let's do it, man! It's time. For your chart stat of the week. Um, sounds like the solid gold theme. All right. Um, solid gold. If only my chart stat of the week was about solid gold this week. Man, oh man, Aww. did I find Next week. the treasure trove of solid gold stuff on YouTube <laughs> last week? I know. If you follow me on Twitter, you would have seen it. 
Man, oh man. <laughs> you did. I saw I saw some of that. You, you saw you, you saw the you saw the gif I made? Oh, yes, I did. Shaking that did. booty. Um all right, so here we go. Try side of the week. Forty years ago this week, Minnie Ripperton hit number one on the Billboard Hot 100 chart with Loving You. The song, with its notable whistle register vocals from Ripperton, was the then 27-year-old's only top 40 hit. Her breakthrough success, though, was tragically shortly followed by very grim news. She was diagnosed with breast cancer and had a radical mastectomy within a year of hitting number one on the Hot 100. She went public with her illness, and while continuing to record and tour, she became a spokesperson for the American Cancer Society. The cancer, unfortunately, eventually took its toll on Ripperton, who died on July 12, 1979, at just 31 years old. Still, her legacy lives on, not just in Loving You and in her later work, but in her daughter, Maya Rudolph, who you may have heard of. Uh, Rudolph is, of course, a former Saturday Night Live cast member and an Emmy Award nominee, and also known for her impressive singing voice, not to mention her impressions of singing divas like Beyonce and Whitney Houston. While Rudolph has yet to chart her own Billboard hits like her mom, she actually was a touring member of The Rentals uh, and appeared on their Seven More Minutes album, and she even has her own Prince tribute band called Princess. So there you go. 40 years ago this week, Minnie Ripperton hit number one on the Billboard Hot 100 with Loving You. <laughs> I can't hit those Love notes. Man. That's, that's why she was so Aw, you did, you did great. You did great. Thanks, man, for your Chart Stat of the Week. All right, Keith, that is going to do it for us at the Pop Shop Podcast. You know what's cool, man? It's April. We're, we're recording this on April 1st. I, I, I guess I didn't prank you on the show no today. No fooling. You no, know, we just talked about basketball for a hot second. We didn't even talk about basketball. No, we didn't. We You're... just talked about Final Four, which is, I guess that's basketball. That is indeed basketball. I'm kidding. But, like, it's, I'm, I'm happy, man. It's, it's spring. The weather's getting nicer in New York. It's, uh, it's going to be good. I'm actually coming out to California for Coachella in about Ooh, a week and a half. Does that mean you'll be here in the office and we can do a podcast here live? Mm, maybe, man. Maybe. Oh, that maybe. maybe means no. That's what he's actually telling me right maybe, now. Maybe, man. Maybe. We're going to do something fun for Coachella this year. I can't announce it yet. But, uh, Keith, I'll tell you uh, when we stop filming. Uh, Keith, do you have any parting words? Um, I do not. All right, man. Let's go out on... Uh, what do you want? You want to do Loving You? Yeah, that'd be great. All right. That is it for the Pop Shop Podcast this week. Thanks for listening, and take care. Love.